It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on this Friday. We will have Bob Costas today on the judge record. We will have Joe's picks of the week. We will have me learning to do the opposite. And we need to have a conversation about the soup of the day. All that and more. Let's crank this thing up. Here we go. go, go. Only one place to start. Uh, one place to start. Brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire NFL insider extraordinaire. Dan Graziano hangs out after we wrap up Get Up this morning with all of the insight. He's on his way down to Tampa this weekend for what should be a very interesting game between two legendary quarterbacks where the most intriguing bet is the under. What's the last time you looked at a game between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and said 10 points probably wins it? We'll get to that game, but let's start with last night's game. Mike Tomlin said after it was over, definitively, he is not changing quarterbacks. What is your sense of the situation with Trubisky and the Steelers who fall to a pretty bad-looking one and two? All along, we've heard that, that Mike Tomlin wanted to give Mitch Trubisky a long leash here, uh, a real chance at the job uh, to hold on to it as long as possible. The Steelers have other problems. Like, we see the offensive line, right? Najee Harris can't get anything going behind that line at the moment. The defense really struggling without T.J. Watt, who's a, obviously a very important player to them. Uh, and I think Tomlin's trying to get us to see what he's seeing, which is the whole picture, as opposed to focusing on the quarterback situation. Eventually, Kenny Pickett's going to be the quarterback of this team. They drafted him in the first round. That's how it works. But they don't feel like, or Mike Tomlin doesn't feel like, the only problem they're having right now is quarterback, and that's why he's not interested in laying this all at the feet of Mitch Trubisky and benching him. It could happen if they keep losing games, but right now, definitively, he said, uh, it's not going to. I mean, it, it has been a very disappointing start. And when I say a bad-looking one and two, that win in week one oh. was a terrible offensive performance. I mean, just terrible. When the other team gives you five turnovers. Mm-hmm. And misses and, a bunch of kicks. And you need yeah. 70 minutes <laughs> to beat them with a long field goal. But you made, I think, the best point of it all. As one who believed in the Steelers going into this season, and I was one, I, I was trying to sort of beat the drum that – they were going to be one of the teams right in the mix throughout the season. You made this point on Get Up this morning. They lost their most important player. Yes, they did. Like the best player on their team is T.J. Watt. There were a few places, in almost every circumstance in the NFL, we focus so much on the quarterback. But there were just a small handful of other players that teams just cannot afford to lose. The Cowboys could not lose Micah Parsons. Right. And I think the Steelers lost the guy they could not lose, and that's T.J. Watt. I believe they're 0-6 without him since they drafted him. So, yeah, it, it is definitely – you can see it. If you're going to be a struggling offense that's trying to find itself early in the season, trying to get that offensive line together, you're going to have to be pretty much airtight on defense. And they took the ball away, as you mentioned, five times from the Bengals in week one, and that's why they were able to win that game. But, you know, look, T.J. Watt is an edge rusher, but he's the kind of guy that commands attention from the opposing offense to an extent that, you know, maybe if he'd been in there – Nick Chubb would not have been able to rush for so many yards last night. Like, mm-hmm. we, we don't know. They're obviously they're missing a critical part of their team 
most likely their best player, uh, and, and it's very hard to operate without him. So they're, they were already short coming into the season, right? They were already short in a couple spots. We were concerned about them in an offensive line quarterback, but um, losing T.J. Watt in the first game has definitely cost them. Greeny and Graz in our studio. You mentioned Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper, both of them in the zone last night, in the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Just super quickly because I have a million other places I want to go, but Nick Chubb, I tried to think of the way on TV this morning to phrase this, and it came out somewhat inartfully. <laughs> no one gets less attention relative to their greatness than Nick Chubb. He's so freaking good. Yeah. Right, so we talk about Jonathan Taylor, and we talk about all that. All the, who's better than Nick Chubb? You name me a running back better than Nick Chubb. As a pure runner, I don't think there is one in the league right now. Right you now, you see other guys at his best, at his healthiest, you know, Christian McCaffrey involved in the passing game, Saquon Barkley, you know, those guys when, when, they're, on the, when they're on the field and they're healthy. Mm-hmm. But as a pure runner, the ability to actually do the running at running back, I don't think, and you hear this around the league, there are people that believe Nick Chubb is the very best that there is right now. And, and I think when you put on that game last night, you see it. I think he's taken his game to a higher level this year. I think he's running better than he has in years past. Uh, he is healthy. Obviously, they know they're going to want to operate through him and Kareem Hunt, and he's taken that on his shoulders. So, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's an incredible, you know, that was the year the Giants drafted Saquon number two overall, right? Nick Chubb was the, was the second-round pick of the Cleveland Browns. Like, you could have had Josh Allen and also Nick Chubb, yeah. right, if you're, the, if you're picking in There's that There's no spot. reason to say that right now while the Giant fans are happy, right? They're 2-0, and, and Nuno like, is feeling good, and I'm now you saying. have to say that. But I'm just saying, like, this is the point, right? You don't, you don't have to... You know, you don't, this is why the first-round running back, right, isn't necessary. like, big picture. Like, I know Pittsburgh loves Najee Harris. They drafted him in the first round. But, they, you know, you can find not just, not just good running backs, but absolute gems after the first. And Chubb is certainly a guy that, you know, even then, I mean, like, you talk about conversation relative to greatness. Like, he was a second-round pick. Like, he was obviously underrated even that day. He, he is just spectacular. And they ran for 171 yards last night, Cleveland did as a team. Greeny Graziano with me here in my studio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, make sure you are protected. Renter's insurance includes options that cover stolen property, personal injury, and living expenses if your place is damaged. Quote renter's insurance at Progressive.com. I mentioned that your game this weekend is Tampa and Green Bay. That conjures up, of course, the images. Yeah. Brady on one side, Rodgers on the other. You could count on, a, on, on, on your fingers and toes the number of NFL games that have had more accomplished quarterbacks going than this one. Uh, you know, you got there's just not too many of them I in history. Most combined MVP awards, I think, with the two quarterbacks, seven. There you go. Yeah. So you got that. And yet, I mean, is this going to be like first to 13 <laughs> points wins? <laughs> Could be. Who is Brady throwing the ball yeah, to? Yeah, I mean, it's Russell Gage and Brashad Perryman, it looks like. I mean, unless... You know, unless Julio Jones makes a miracle comeback and is at practice today, or Chris Godwin, you know, obviously it's not going to be Mike Evans. He's suspended. They are they're shorthanded at that wide receiver position. The tight end retired. Like like there's we've been talking about this for a while now. Like Brady is. I, I mean, eventually, like you can look down the road and see a full strength Tampa team with all these guys back uh, being very very fearsome. But right now they're going to have to win it with defense, and they got to win it with Leonard Fournette. I mean, like it's just how it's going to have to be. I, I'm I'm completely stunned by it. I think they have a chance to be genuinely great. Like I think the Buccaneers sure. by the end of the season will be great. I almost think this is a week. Like I'm going to use a tennis analogy. Like in tennis, 
when a player knows they're going to lose a set, like if they're down mm-hmm. five to one in a set, they sometimes will like not bother, con- you know, putting yeah. out a lot of energy because they know the important stuff is still to come. Like the Bucks should just not play this game. <laughs> like yeah. they can't play this game. They have no one to play with. They should just stay, let everyone get healthy and then come back and play. And me saying that assures us that they will find a way to win. It can't, it can't do that. I mean, that because, look, this is not just a conference game, but it's a conference game against a team that you're probably going to be fighting uh, against for the number one seed, and that's the only buy. And, and if, hypothetically, you meet again in the playoffs and you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you would much rather that game in January be in Tampa than in Green Bay. And that, that, that this, the outcome of this Week 3 game could determine where that hypothetical game gets played. So they can't. They're going to have to put their best foot forward. They're going to have to figure out a way to win. Look, Green Bay's not exactly whole on offense right now either. Still missing their left tackle. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't gotten it together with the young receivers. Alan Lazard just working his way back into the lineup post-injury. So, you know, both these teams are going to want to run and play defense to to try and win this game. There's just so much going on. Obviously, the huge... Football weekend, the college and the pro. We got baseball with the chase from Aaron Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Mm -hmm. Judge, to try and break the record. We will have Yankees Red Sox tomorrow on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And then, of course, there is this Ime Udoka story, and I I wanted to mention, if I I seemed momentarily distracted, I just received a note that the Celtics are going to have a news conference at 11 a.m. Eastern time this morning. So that's a little less than an hour from now, where uh, I, I will see if we're able to carry some of that live for you. I, we had Woj on the TV show just about 20 minutes ago, mm-hmm. Dan, and you know, you and I were both commenting that very rarely when I ask a question to a reporter and the answer is, I don't know, very rarely is that fascinating. But it was fascinating to me when I asked Woj, people want to know why this punishment for Yudoka is so severe Considering what we think we know about this situation is that he was involved in a consensual relationship with another employee, and he said the Celtics need to explain that. Like, yeah, that to hear Woj, the most plugged in of the plugged in, say that's not something we know. The Celtics are going to have to explain that, and now we know they're going to in the next hour, or at least they're going to say what they're going to say. I'm looking forward to hearing what it is. I know it's not your area of coverage, no, but, but I mean, it's, a, it's a fascinating, I mean, it's a terrible and very interesting story. Yes, yeah, I mean, but here we'll say that the, the, what goes in, off in your mind is, oh, there's more that we're going to learn about this, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, this is not a punctuation mark of any, of any kind with the suspension being announced. So, yeah, I think what, what the Celtics leadership has to say today is going to be fascinating. Yes, and, and again, they will, and I'm going to find out if we are able to carry some of that live. I I think um, most sports fans are very interested to hear what it is they have to say. So I'll leave this conversation there on that note. Danny, awesome. Thank you. Safe travels to and from Tampa. Thank you. This weekend, and we will see you next week. So we have that coming up today. We have Costas today. We have Fortinbaugh's Picks of the Week. We have Who You Got and a whole lot more. Stick around on this Friday. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. You ask these questions. Greenie's question of the day. All right, I'm going to uh, throw out my question of the day here, and I want each member of the assembled uh, hashtag crew to weigh in with a vote because it's uh, one that I don't think I know the answer to. Again, you can vote on the question of the day every day on my Twitter page at ESPN Greenie on Twitter. And today's question is coming off the Browns' win over the Steelers last night. Who you got to win the AFC North? This is a division that before the season began, I think we thought, certainly I thought, had a chance to be excellent, send multiple teams to the playoffs, rival the AFC West. Well, I mean, the funny thing has happened on the way to that. Cincinnati's 0-2. The Steelers are a mess. Cleveland looks like the best team to this point. Baltimore gave up a 21-point lead inexplicably on Sunday to Miami, and now you have questions about their defense. So let's run around the room here. Hembo, I'll start with you. Who you got to win the AFC North right now? Give me the Browns. I think the Browns right now, they're plus 310 to win the division. I mean, you have to lay 100 to earn 310 bucks. That's a really, really good value for a team that's 2-1, and one, should be 3-1, and one, should beat Atlanta next week um, to, imp- uh, to improve, and they get Deshaun Watson back for six games to end the season. They're favored in, the, in their last three games. It's a, very, it's a much easier division than we thought. Give me the Cleveland Browns, plus 310. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, you misspoke, but everyone knew what you meant. They should be 3-0, and oh, uh, not 3-1. and one. Yeah. And that's right. I mean, look, even I will acknowledge as much as I love the Jets and loved that win. That was crazy. It was ridiculous. It's a game that if you played it 99.9 times or excuse me, if you played it 100 times, 99.9 times, the other team wins and and that they wound up on the wrong side of that. But they bounce back four days later. Maybe in some cases having a short week coming off a loss like that is a good thing because mm. they have no time to wallow in it or stew in it or whatever. You got to get right back to work and they beat their arch rivals. Nuno, who's going to win that division? I'm still leaning towards the team with the best player in that division, and that's Lamar Jackson. I think uh, that was just a what we saw last week from Miami. Like, it's not going to happen again. It's not going to repeat itself. So I just think, and based upon their kind of schedule, right, they have New England coming up. 
after Buffalo and Cincinnati, they have the Giants. Cleveland, I still not buying in on Cleveland. So I just think that for me right now, it's still the Ravens. Look, I mean, Lamar Jackson had the best day of his career. That's, that fourth quarter changed so much of the conversation about the NFL this week. Nuno said he does not expect that performance to repeat itself. The Ravens have the worst, the 32nd ranked pass defense over the last two years. Dating back to, this is a recurring issue for the Baltimore Ravens. These aren't Rex Ryan's Baltimore Ravens. In order for them to win their division, they're going to have to have a top five offense based upon what we've seen from the other side. Well, and, and last year they were so hurt. I mean, their entire secondary was hurt. They weren't, they weren't last week. No, I get it. And that was scheme. I mean, that was, we've done a good job showing it on TV this week. The defense they played against Tyreek Hill in the fourth quarter of that game made no sense. You don't have to be Rex Ryan to recognize who you're. It could be Rex Harrison and not recognize <laughs> what, what they were. Do you know who Rex Harrison is? Yes, he's uh, uh, from My Fair Lady. My God, you know that. I, I know he, lots of old stuff. He doesn't know who Barbara Streisand is, but somehow you know who Rex Harrison is. Anyway, Lamar Jackson last week threw for 318 yards and three touchdowns, ran for 119 yards and another. He had four touchdowns, no turnovers, and w- almost 450 yards of total <laughs> offense, and they lost. <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy freaking game. Uh, Bubba, who's going to win that division? Uh, I'm with Nuno on this one, kind of for the, the same reasons. I got faith in Lamar, and, uh, you know, I was thinking the Browns, but you know, even last night, it's not like, you know, they, they barely beat the Steelers, and with, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky's out there, so I'm not ready to crown the, the Browns too much just yet. So I, I got faith in Lamar, I think, still with – with all the stuff he's going to want to do going in his, with his final year of the contract, he's going to light him up this year, and the Browns, I mean, the Ravens will win the division. You know, r- real quick, you said something that I think I and Greeny, you might disagree with too. You said Lamar Jackson's the best player in that division. Are we sure that Nick Chubb is not the best player in that division? You kept saying on the TV show today, Greeny, that there's no player in the league that receives less uh, credit, I guess, for how much he does than Nick Chubb is. That's a player, like, there's very few running backs in the league for which you can build an offense around, but they can do that. They're 2-1 and one and should be 3-0 and oh, with him being the focal point of their offense with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. He could be a legit 2,000-yard back this season and have an all-time great season. Here's the question on Cleveland to me. What is Deshaun going to be when he comes back? Now look, the conversation about Deshaun Watson has not been about football for one second from the minute this story started with the massages and everything else. We all know what the story is. And for... All of the correct reasons, that is, everything about that was so disturbing and so upsetting and so much more significant than anything a human being can do on a football field that we haven't talked about it. But here's the reality. The player that we last saw named Deshaun Watson was one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm. He was that good. He was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, that good. So I'm not positive that when he comes back, they don't have the best player, and it isn't him. Now, he will at that point have not played at all last year and through the first 11 games of this year. So to expect him to just jump right in and be as good as he was, maybe that's unrealistic. But a legitimate question could be asked, if he comes back and is most of the way, if within a game or two, is most of the way back to, and he's going to get to practice, I think, starting the middle of next month. So he'll have been practicing with the team for a while when he comes back to play. Like, they could be by far the best team, right? I mean, by far the best team, because you can argue over whether Lamar Jackson or Nick Chubb are the best player in that division. 
I think Deshaun Watson could very well also be the best player in that division. Deshaun Watson's career QBR, that scaled 0 to 100, is 68. Okay, what that means is if all other things are equal, neutral teammates, neutral opponent, you're expected to win 68% of your games. If we think the Ravens have an, excuse me, the Browns have an above average roster, we're talking about one of the very best teams in football. It's the sixth highest mark in the history of the metric. You put an average team around him, they're going to win 68% of the time. That's how good what he is. What is Lamar's? Do you have that? Stand by. What his QBR is? That's mm-hmm. interesting to me. Um, and, and I've not genuinely, or I've not generally heard QBR used and described that way, but that is an interesting way of looking yes, at it. Yes, the way it. we do it is we scale it 0 to 100 to make it, you know. No, I know what d- the scale is, but I didn't realize that what it amounts to is with an average team around you, this quarterback would be expected to win 68% of the game. That's what it means. If your QBR is 50, you're going to be a 500 team. That's, a, that, and that's how they, they adjust the scales. Let me pull up and Lamar. And so 68 early. is incredibly high yes. is what you're telling Correct. Us. Lamar's a 66.3. He's is so really good, So high. Mm-hmm. So, look, you've got two superstar quarterbacks and Burrow. I mean, you've got three stars. I'm not giving up on Burrow by any means. So you've got three star quarterbacks in that division, which is to go all the way back to the beginning of the discussion, why the Steelers might need to make a change sooner than later. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance for a job you will love. Visit Progressive.com slash careers, which brings me to this. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. Today's unsolicited advice is to me. From now on, I must channel George Costanza and exclusively do the opposite. Every decision I've ever made in my entire life has been wrong. (laughs) My life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's all been wrong. It's wrong. That's one of the most famous Seinfeld episodes where George does the opposite. Because when he points that out, Jerry says... If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. So from now on, I'm only picking against myself. (laughs) I am the reason all those buildings exist in Las Vegas. Have you been to Vegas lately? I was there for the draft in April. It's endless. There's one after another, after another, after another casino, and there's Caesars, and there's this one, and there's that one, and there's people dressed up as this and that, and they're trying to drag you in with all-you-can-eat buffets because they just want me to walk in the door and start betting because they know I'll lose. I want you to listen to my rationale for picking Pittsburgh yesterday. So at the end of the show yesterday, we did my KOD pick. Hembo laid it out for me. I picked the Steelers. Hembo then said, here are a variety of reasons why that pick stinks. (laughs) And I said the following. I think the Steelers win tonight. Yeah, I do. I don't think the Browns are very good. I watched that offense play last week. I trust Mike Tomlin to figure out how to stop Nick Chubb. If you stop the Browns from running, they don't have anything on offense. Nothing. So that, that's part of what I said yesterday. I went on to then say, I believe in Trubisky. I'm not giving up on him. Everything I said is wrong. If I'd said the opposite, just listen to this and listen to the number of things I should have said the opposite of. I think the Steelers win tonight. Yeah, I do. I don't think the Browns are very good. I watched that offense play last week. I trust Mike Tomlin to figure out how to stop Nick Chubb. If you stop the Browns from running, they don't have anything on offense. Nothing. Okay, and then Amari Cooper catches 100 yards worth of passes. That's five things I should have said the opposite of in 11 seconds. So I, from now on, am only picking the opposite so when i do my picks later today 
And, you know, with this uh, news conference, we're moving around where we're going to do stuff. So I'm not sure exactly when. But at some point today, I will pick my games. I am going to tell you what I think is going to happen. And then I'm going to pick the opposite. (laughs) And you should do the same. I'm astonishingly wrong. This has never been more evidenced than it was. Do you know where the KOD came from? Does everyone in this room know? Was it the playoff run that yes, one year? Yes, it's, lo- it's been around a long time. You know, I've been doing this so damn long since I realized how many people were with us then. What year did the Giants and the Ravens play in the Super Bowl? What, what season was that the end of? 2000? The 2000 season into January of 2001. That January, mm-hmm. there are 10 playoff games or there were then in the, in, the, in the playoff structure, that lead up to the Super Bowl. Mike and I, every Friday, would pick every game against the spread. So there were 10 games leading up to the Super Bowl. I picked 10 games against the spread. I went an unimaginable 0-10. <laughs> I picked all 10 games wrong against the spread. Go back and look up the games. You'll see what they were. I picked against the teams that covered in every one of them. That's where we realized I'm the kiss of death, and that's where the KOD was born. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. And so I realize now I just have to do the opposite. And Bubba, no one loves Seinfeld more than you do. I, I, am, I consider myself one of the world's most uh, devoted Seinfeldians, but you are right up there with me. The Opposite George is one of the great episodes, and I think there are lessons in it that we can take in our lives. Uh, what do you think of this new strategy that I have when it comes to making picks of any kind in sports? Well, two things. One, I think it's a great day to start because today is actually Jason Alexander's 63rd birthday. Oh, how about that? So it's he just played per- George. Call. It's just, good. just perfect. But, I like that. Um, you know, apart from that, the only sad thing is you should have been doing this years ago. That's true. Because uh, <laughs> like we always say, I mean, we you literally say it on the air, we can learn lessons from Seinfeld. So we they've been telling us, you know, how long ago was that episode? 25 years ago? Yes. They told us what to do. We just weren't listening. That's exactly right. But from it's now our on, fault. I listen. From now on, I, so that's when I make my picks, I'm going to tell you, here's what I think is going to happen, and then the pick is going to be the opposite. Nuno, why are you shaking your head? You don't like this strategy? No, but the whole like, oh, we should have been doing this a long time ago. I feel like your KOD like has has gotten you here, right? Like if you had <laughs> done this, like... 15 years ago like Mike and Mike might have had a short run we don't we don't get get up like no one's you know like none of that stuff so no I think you owe the kiss of death and we're good there the bad picks have served me well Mm. I mean generally no one rides a bad run quite like I do no one rides a losing streak quite like Greeny Vegas has built its buildings off of you but you've built your empire off of that it's 100% (laughs) right now in the end I'll call it a win-win you can be a part of Greeny Nation it's the Dr. Pepper call-in line ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper it ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper it's the one that fans deserve by the way with the Steelers losing last night Hembo asked me an interesting question in the, the office this morning, and Nuno, I'm going to ask it to you. you know, we talk a lot about Bill Belichick post-Brady and, and a lot of spotlight on how he will do post-Brady. And, and there's, there are obvious reasons for that. Belichick and Brady are the most successful coach-quarterback tandem of all time. And, um, you know, the question is, was it Bill? Was it Brady? And, and we will judge a lot of that based on what happens after. Mike Tomlin, I think, might be 
the next preeminent coach of this era, right? Like, I mean, if you think about the preeminent coaches of this era, there's Andy Reid, there's Bill Belichick, and there's Mike Tomlin. Those, I, I think, would be the three guys. And the question becomes, we never saw Tomlin without Ben. Tomlin took over after Ben had taken had been the quarterback and had won a Super Bowl. So he's also always had a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. We laud, I happen, and let me make clear, I happen to think Tomlin is a great coach. But we laud his never having had a losing record. Well, now without the quarterback, let's see. So here's the question. Who wins another championship in their career post-legendary quarterback? Belichick, Tomlin, either, neither, or both. Nuno. So here's part of the the question or my answer. I think it's Tomlin, but you didn't also put the caveat with the Steelers. Um, because Tomlin, like Tomlin can get another job. I don't think he's going to like get fired or anything of that nature. And the reason I'm picking Tomlin is because of the fact that he's not the GM. That's been Bill Belichick's biggest issue. That's why that, that Pats team is devoid of talent to overcome the fact that you don't have, you know, Mac Jones is a nice player, but he he's not able to elevate everyone else. Where I think with Tomlin, they get the QB situation right, they will be there and contending. It's also worth noting, how old is Bill, 70? He's 70. I mean, Tomlin is 50. So he's got 20 extra years. Now, I think Bill is a lifer, and I think he will coach another five, six years. But if Tomlin wants to, he could coach another 20. So he has a lot more time to try and get it done. Well, let's talk about the next five or six years then, because I think the answer to the question then becomes, which quarterback do you favor? Do you favor Mac Jones? Or do you favor Kenny Pickett? You studied you know, both of them extensively having covered the draft. What's your answer to that question? Well, I mean, Jones was, was a, a, a far higher... I mean, Pickett was a first-round quarterback this year, but a lot of people questioned whether he should be or he shouldn't be. I'm not sure how many teams had him with a first-round pick grade. Mac Jones was a guy who had a monster year in college at Alabama. Obviously, he was a guy that people thought might go as high as third in the draft the year that he was picked. He was ultimately picked. What, they picked him 15? 15. So he was, what's that, about eight, nine slots higher than Pickett Pickett went? was 20. They were comparable. Five I mean, Mac Jones had a better year, but they're I don't think they're com- Yeah, but, but I, don't, I do not think. Do you, you, you're telling me you believe they were comparable prospects coming out? I, my, my sense of it is that Jones, if Jones and Pickett had been in the same draft, Jones would have gone way ahead of them. Maybe so, but they, they both finished third in the Heisman voting in their good season. I mean, Mac Jones is just a lot more famous. He played for Alabama. He won a national championship. Right. Can he pick it? They were very comparable prospects, picked five spots apart. I, I, that's a fair way of judging it. I, I like... I just like Tomlin's team better. I mean, I, I just think he has... I think Nuno actually hit on it. I think, I think that Belichick... Who, in his assembly of talent, has actually hurt his own chances of winning, huh. and I don't think that's ever they're ever taken that away from him. So I think that's going to continue to head in that direction. All right, we'll see. We have so many things going up today, including next. I want to read a somewhat emotional note that I received that tells a really sad story about many people's favorite sport. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Big hour coming up as we roll along here on uh, a very busy football Friday. Plenty of football. We'll do who you got. Bob Costas on the way on the Aaron Judge record and a whole lot more. Question of the day, as always, is on Twitter at ESPN Greeny on Twitter. Who will win the AFC North? And then speaking of question of the day or just a slight alteration, I have an issue with the soup of the day. So, you know, I like to order soup for my lunch. There are, you know, some stereotypes are are rooted in fact. I like soup. And um, and, and (laughs) on Fridays, the deli from which Brandon and I order, I say to him, what's the soup today? And without even looking it up, he says, it's going to be New England clam. And I said, I don't like the soup. I don't like the cream soups. And everyone in the room has been busting my chops the entire time yeah. as though there's something wrong yeah. with not liking cream soups. Yeah. You like a cream soup? Yeah, that sounds like a, that's, a, that's a stuck up kind of opinion. Why? I just don't like it. I don't like a cream of mushroom, cream of asparagus, cream of uh, anything. I don't like that. No bisque. I don't want a lobster bisque. By the way, why is lobster bisque called bisque and not chowder? What's the difference between a chowder and a bisque? No one knows. Literally nobody knows. What do you mean a chowder is more chunky? It just has more stuff in it. If you put that much lobster in a soup, it would cost a million dollars. That's the reason. There's no, nothing more chunky about the bisque, about the broth, which isn't broth. It's just this milky yuck that, that, that is a chowder versus a bisque. They're the same thing. You sound so stuck up. Why? In what way is that stuck up? <laughs> Bisques are a, a smooth, silky seafood soup, while chowders are chunky and toothsome with chunks of potatoes, meat, or vegetables. He's right. But, it's not the, it, but that's not the soup part. You're not it, an expert in this. That's Brandon. the things they put in. You could put that stuff into the other soup, and it would cease to be a lobster bisque. So that's what you're telling me? The difference is not in the, the creaminess. The broth? The difference is in... It's not even broth, though. I like broth. It's that's broth. not broth. It's broth. No, it's not. It's hot milk. It's bro- <laughs> it is broth. It's grotesque. I don't like it. Nuno, you like cream soups? I do not. No. See, is that stuck up? No, but he didn't explain it the way that you did. It's yuck. I don't like it. It's, 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 you sound like because you don't like it, you're better than us. Muno just doesn't like How it. How is that possible? I'm not better the than whole room you. Is I laughing. don't like the soup. This is an opinion not, not just shared by me. The whole room is laughing here. They're, but they're all, I do not believe that there's, there's nothing stuck up about not liking cream soup. No, but the explanation you provided was a tad bit pretentious. 
No, for this is one of the, yeah, I think you're reaching on his pretentiousness here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Course, There's nothing pretentious about not liking a opinion. lobster bisque. If, if anything, I would think liking a lobster bisque would sound pretentious. That's a very pretentious soup. If you just say to someone, hey, do you have any soup today? And they say, sure, we can have whatever you like. And you say, oh, great, I'll have the lobster bisque. That's pretty pretentious. I would look them right in the face and say, how's the chicken noodle? I like a chicken noodle. That's a good oh, soup. Mike Greenberg, man of the people. And that's a soup man everybody likes. You're telling me everyone doesn't like a chicken noodle? What? No, I don't care for the French onion. You know why? Because they put this cheese glop on the top of it. If they took the cheese off the French onion, I might like the French onion. But the problem is, all I can think of is, I wonder if the cheese was originally on there and then they took it off before bringing it to me. Because they always melt that cheese that stinks, that smells like feet on, on your soup. And it's just horrendous. Anyway, having said that, I want to read you a text I got. <laughs> Not good for you. <laughs> I want to read you a text. <laughs> Where is, it, is that a natural transition to this text? To Sylvie's text. So the other day, we had this conversation about Aaron Judge and why it's not getting more attention and the nation not loving baseball and all of the rest of this. And later in the day, I got a text from our buddy Sylvie, Mark Silverman, who hosts Afternoons and has for years on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And he's someone I know going back to my Chicago days. So I've known Sylvie 25 years. And he sends me this text, and I'm just going to read it to you because I, I think he may speak for a lot of people. And I've got Costas coming up today, and there are some of us who have maintained our love for baseball through whatever highs and lows there have been. And Hembo, obviously, you're at the top of that list. But Sylvie wrote to me, this is like being married twice and having both wives cheat on you and the marriage end in divorce. After that, who wants to get married again? I will casually date baseball again, but nothing matters to me as much as it once did. Baseball once was my first love. But nothing is sacred anymore. Besides players juicing for home runs in the past, we've had a recent World Series champ cheat, pitchers cheating with the sticky stuff, balls juiced. I don't trust anything anymore, so the achievements just don't mean what they used to. That's a person that I know to be a diehard baseball fan and, and a sports talk show host by trade. He has dedicated his entire life to talking about sports. I think speaking for a lot of people. Hembo, what is the response to that? I don't... Obviously, he's more than welcome to, ha- to share that opinion. It's probably one that many people do have. But I feel like we're then holding baseball to a different standard than the other sports we love. Is there anything that remains sacred about the NFL or the NBA? I mean, wh- why all of a sudden? Like, do we really think that because we went through these various scandals over the last twenty, twenty-five years, that it just spoiled the whole lot? Like, maybe that's you know his uh, take on the matter because that was what he loved about the sport. But I feel like we're holding baseball to an unfair standard. If anything becomes sacred, uh, less sacred, we all of a sudden can't love it the same. Well, to some degree, baseball has always held to a higher standard. Right during the time of performance-enhancing drugs, Mike and I, we talked a lot about performance-enhancing drugs in baseball. And one of the many conversations we had was that no other sport is held to that standard. Hmm. I mean, in what sport does it make more sense to be using something like HGH? In pro football, where how big and strong and fast you are is, the, is, is everything, as opposed to baseball, where there are obviously advantages, but it isn't anywhere near the athletic endeavor we all understand hmm. that some of the other sports can be. Baseball has always been held to that, because it has always occupied kind of a different place. And... When you start, look, I mean, do we question the championships in any other sports? Do we question the Patriots, Spygate? I mean, is, is that the closest we have to Pro- it? Probably. You know, so th- th- that was particularly bad. 
I don't know. I, I, I thought it was worth reading, and I understand what you're saying in response. And I wonder how many people feel the way he does. Hmm. Anyway, Costas is coming up in the next hour. We're going to take the news conference live from Boston a little bit so we can hear what explanation they offer for what's happened. All that and more on the way on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.